Now, Ethan Grunkmeyer is currently listed as a three-star. I fully believe that he's going to eventually be a four-star. But what are the chances that he could even become a five-star quarterback? You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Zach Seiko, your host of your number one daily Nittany Lions podcast. And I am joined by, once again, very special guest because he is so in tune when it comes to recruiting out in the Midwest. That is Rivals National Recruiting Analyst, Clint Cosgrove, joining me on the show. Clint, it's great to see you back. It's been a whirlwind for you with all the traveling you've been doing, and uh, it's great to catch up again. Yeah, no, it's been a special time. I always enjoy talking talking ball, coming on podcasts. So I appreciate you having me back. And, of course, Locked on Nittany Lions, now your official go-to podcast for Penn State Rivals. Visit happyvalleyinsider.com. It's a privilege to be partnered up with them. And, of course, today's episode is sponsored by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college. And when you enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. All you got to do is go to birddogs.com and enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Clint, uh, plenty to get to just in the fact of we have yet to fully scout Ethan Grunkmeyer. Uh, he made the commitment. He got the offer. He made the commitment. He went to the Elite 11 camp. He got the invitation to the finals all in a, in a matter of a month, really, when it comes down to it, uh, just about 30 days here. And he's been an under-the-radar quarterback prospect, but this is someone that you've liked for a long time. So let's we're going to talk about everything that Penn State fans need to know about Ethan Grunkmeyer. Of course, there's parallels to Drew Aller in terms of the similar upbringing. Ohio, Coach Brad Mandler does such great work with the quarterbacks that he does coach. Uh, and then just kind of getting a brief update on some interesting Penn State prospects out in the Midwest when it comes to high school recruiting. But Ethan Grunkmeyer, now a verbal commit in the class of 2024. And just before you and I are having this conversation, you said, I liked Ethan a lot. Uh, he's, he's a three-star by nature of he just he has limited film. He hasn't been to all of these camps. And now that he's getting into these camps, people are recognizing the talent that he possesses. So what's been your assessment all along of Ethan Grunkmeyer out of Ohio? Yeah, no, I'm I'm a fan of Ethan. You know, like you said, mid three star rating with us right now. It's more of lack of in-person evaluation than anything else. I think he has tremendous upside. Um, you know, just looking at him, you know, a couple months back when when he didn't have a lot going on. <clears throat> is when he was first brought to my attention. I was a big fan of him. I wanted to slap an early rating on him, but I also wanted to see, you know, more what goes on with his recruitment. We'd always like to bring guys up uh, as their recruitment progresses, as evaluations uh, go further into it, then bring them down. So uh, with him, it's, you know, we safe rating to start. He's a mid three star. He's a guy who will definitely be in the four star conversation. I was hoping to get him to our camp, but I know he's killing it at the Elite 11. But the things yep. that stand out about him are first, you know, frame. You know, he's listed at 6'2", 190. We talked about it before the podcast. Um, you know, he might be a little bigger than that 190, and he looks bigger than that on film. Uh, so I like the frame. He's got a plus frame. He's statistically, you know, very productive. He's got over 64% passing percentage. He had 25 passing touchdowns last season. Um, and Another thing we talked about is just completion percentage. To me, that is something that is important when evaluating a future prospect You know, at the quarterback position. Learned this from Mike Leach a long time ago. Uh, you don't find many guys who are not 
accurate at a lower level and then all of a sudden find their stride and uh, become accurate at a high level. Um, so uh, Josh Allen might be the exception to that rule. And there's a lot of variables that come in play to that. Uh, but so first off and foremost, I love his accuracy. Um, then when you turn on the, he's got great vision. Uh, he's extremely mobile. Now he's not a dual threat type, um, but he keeps the play alive with his feet. You know, a good level of athleticism, scrambles with his eyes downfield, but he's also a threat, um, you know, to scramble and run. Uh, and you can use them situationally in the quarterback run game. There's two things that that does. When a guy scrambles to throw down fields, uh, it keeps guys in coverage for longer. They know that a guy is scrambling to pass the ball. They have to glue to their man in a scramble situation. That opens up running lanes, uh, you know. So if he doesn't see his guy, he makes good decisions and he will tuck the ball and run. And then when you talk about, you know, the, the threat of him being a running quarterback, yeah, he's not going to run it 30 times a game like a true dual threat. Yeah. But, you know, with me in a defensive background, uh, when you have a quarterback who is a threat to run the ball, you're accounting for 11 guys on the offense instead of 10. You usually have an extra hat, we call it, on the defensive side of the ball. When that quarterback becomes a run threat, your whole game plan is based off that. You have to account for that. You have to account for that in the secondary uh, your coverages can be based off of that. Sometimes you have to spy a guy. So you're losing that extra man in non-obvious past situations. So I think that adds an extra layer to what he brings to the table. Um, you know, he throws a really good deep ball. He looks to have some arm talent. I don't know if he's got, you were talking about his miles per hour and you can kind of uh, go into that as far as the analytics, uh, you know, profile of him after the elite 11. Uh, but he does have some arm talent. He can throw the ball deep. And, uh, you know, uh, one thing that we also talked about is his ability to throw uh, going the opposite direction. And what I mean yeah. by that is a lot of quarterbacks, you know, they, they, they show up by the rolling to their throwing side shoulders. So if I'm a righty, I'm rolling out right. I can gun it across my shoulder. I can gun it to the far side. Um, guys who roll the opposite way, it's a hard throw. I mean, yeah, go out, anybody difficult. who's watching this. Yeah, try to grab a football and run the opposite way and then try to gun it across your shoulder. It's just not the same deal. So you have to have a special amount of core strength. You have, a, have to have a special amount of arm talent to do that. So that sticks out. And like I said, you know, rated a three-star right now. We need to do a, a further evaluation. But he'll be in that four-star conversation, um, you know. And, uh, you know, Penn State does a really good job with quarterbacks. It seems like some of those guys stay there forever and then they go into the NFL – uh, but they develop guys and they identify the right guys. I feel like. Yeah. I, I felt like Ethan Grunkmeyer, there were people on message boards or just college football spectators, evaluators, uh, just looking back from the, the bird's eye view and saying that Ethan Grunkmeyer was the quarterback that Penn state settled for. It wasn't the prospect that they wanted it. And I beg to differ just because they're, they're not, vaulted or they're not flaunted on rivals or 24 set, right? They'll get the due recognition, but everyone's on their own timeline. Everyone's on their own clock. So uh, most of these cases, it's just a matter of getting the proper evaluations in. And I think that's going to be the case here. Rivals is going to update its rankings. It's going to update its evaluation and have the proper fit, especially with, you know, you give credit where credit's due. And, and Ethan's done just that to, in particular, you mentioned that throw on the run capability, especially going to his non-throwing side. I mean, there were drills in particular at Elite 11. And that was my first time being at an Elite 11 camp was to see the drills that they have them go through the coaches talking to them and uh, pinpointing specific areas and small things like the little mechanics. And I said, man, 
obviously I never would have picked up on that, but that's why these these guys do an incredible job. And there's the rivals camps that do the same thing at the skilled positions, but just watching some of the coaches, then Ethan didn't get a lot of criticism. He was getting nice work, great ball, good job. And on those drills, they had him roll to the left and he was able to still throw with power and accuracy. I, the accuracy was definitely the one part of his game that stood out the most. If you ask the Elite 11 coaches, they said he was the most consistent, and that's why he earned that invitation. Yeah, I mean, as a quarterback, consistency is key. You can't have one day good, one day bad. You've got to be the guy who everybody in that locker room comes to when, when, when things are going south. So if you're not that guy every day, uh, guys begin to lose faith. So I think one, consistency uh, is is – Definitely stands out about him. You know, that comes with accuracy. That comes with his approach to the game. I'm going to learn more about that as we go. And you say that the coaches were throwing out compliments. For anybody who hasn't been to these camps, if a kid's a highly rated kid or comes in, they're over-the-top scrutinized. So they're not afraid to to throw some criticism at him. And I think part of that is they want to see how they react to it as well. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, you bring up the point that, you know, people look at it and they're like, where's the offer list? Where's that? Quarterback is a very unique position in the sense that at offensive line, if I'm going to take four guys a year, I can take two guys who I'm sure on. I know that they are going to play. They might not have the highest ceiling, but they have a very high floor. Then I can take one guy that I'm going to take a chance on. This could be a future first rounder. This could be a kid who's just going to be a program kid. And then maybe somebody who falls somewhere in between quarterback. You have to be the guy that the coach thinks that you are going to be the face of the program. So somebody in that in that room, and, and they recruit well at Penn State, said, this is the guy who can be the face of our program. I love coaches that trust their evaluation, and they know a lot more about this kid. When we're evaluating 100, 200, 300 quarterbacks, and they're narrowing in on a couple guys, that says a lot about their, their, their confidence and their evaluation. And then you look at the track record, and the track record has, has been very good. For quarterbacks at Penn State. So I'm excited about his future. I'm excited to learn more about him. And I'm excited to evaluate him more and hopefully get more of an in-person look this upcoming season and maybe at the All-Star Games. More to come on Ethan Grunkmeyer and how he fits in with the Penn State Nittany Lions and of course some other intriguing prospects out in the Midwest. But before we continue that conversation, let's hear from our sponsor of today's episode and that is Bird Dogs. And Bird dogs, pants, and shorts are great for three reasons, and I might be the right person to talk to about this because I ordered myself uh, a pair, a couple pairs of shorts, and I do not regret it. Uh, first, it's fit. You will look better and feel better wearing bird dogs. Comfort is the second reason. They got a stretchy fabric that will make your looks feel great, and they're comfier than all your other shorts and pants. And then versatility. They give you the freedom to wear one pair of shorts and pants on the golf course, to a meeting, a date, and hanging out with friends. Uh, I've never had a pair of bird dogs before this, and now I do. I got myself a pair, and they live up to the billing that I've just described. So go to birddogs.com slash college, and when you enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, they're going to throw in a free custom bird dogs, a Yeti-style tumbler with every order. So all you got to do, birddogs.com slash college, use that promo code college, and you're getting a free bird dogs Yeti-style tumbler with your order. And again, thanks so much for making Lockdown Nittany Lions your first listen and watch every single day. Bring back Clint Cosgrove to talk about Ethan Grunkmeyer since he is out in the Midwest area, and that is Clint's expertise. He's the national recruiting analyst for Rivals, but particularly focused on in the Midwest. Uh, Clint, before we move further, where can people keep up with your incredible work? 
You can find me at Rivals.com every day. Uh, we just had our New Jersey uh, Rivals Camp Series event. That was the last one before our five-star challenge, uh, which will be uh, with NextGen down in Atlanta later in June. Uh, but yeah, Rivals.com, at Rivals underscore Clint on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, lock in with me. I, I, I love interacting with, with fans, especially on the message boards and everything like that. But uh, yeah, you can find me everywhere with everything Rivals. Ethan Grunkmeyer comes in currently again at this point in time. I, I know I'm confident to sit back and say after seeing him at the Elite 11 camp and just watching watching highlights and what he's able to do, uh, I, I think that he does deserve to be vaulted to a four-star. Just the, the question that comes to mind, and maybe this is to get a better understanding overall, of how quarterbacks can earn that fifth star. I know that is a category in its own, and not many quarterbacks do get there. But is there – and this is something particular to Ethan – is there something that when you watch his film, eventually you are going to see him more in person, Clint, but is there something that you look at and say, this is what is holding him back from being a five-star and earning that last, that last part of the rating? Yeah. So five stars are, we, we typically have 32 of them in every class and that is no coincidence because there's typically 32 draft picks in each class. Unlike mm -hmm. this year. Um, but <clears throat> So if you're a five-star, you're considered a future first-round draft pick. When it comes down to the rankings and everything, what we are judged on in the end isn't necessarily college production. It is NFL upside and where they land in the draft. Everybody looks back at the draft and says, okay, this service had this many five-stars in the first round, This, you know, and then they missed here and there. So uh, with quarterbacks, now their likelihood, it's a position of value. So uh, their likelihood of getting drafted in the first round, if they are a top player at the position, is – is particularly high. Um, but there are so many variables with the quarterback. Um, you talk to 10 different uh, quarterback coaches, literally 10 different position coaches. You'll get 10 different evaluations, uh, opinions on a single kid. One coach might say, you know what? I love the way his three quarter release is, the way he adjusts. Another guy would be like, oh, I hate his release. And so <laughs> it's really in the eye of the beholder. It's crazy. And so you know, you look at lefties and people talk about, you know, left-handed quarterbacks. Now, mm -hmm. this isn't the case with Ethan, but this is just all part of the evaluation. You know, some offensive coordinators don't have a problem with that. Others say, you know what, the college hashes are really far. In the NFL, it doesn't matter as much. But the college hashes are wider than the NFL hashes. <clears throat> and so when they have a left-handed quarterback, they're calling the game opposite in their head than they typically have. Because you're moving the pocket, you're calling things to – play to their strengths. So Ethan obviously doesn't have that part of his game that we worry about, but you know, those are the things that college coaches are looking at when they're evaluating quarterbacks. Some of your best players out there are left-handers and they never end up being successful because coaches one, throw them out or two, uh, you know, it just, it doesn't work with their place uh, play calling style. The thing that Ethan does bring to the table is he is going to be a fit in pretty much any offense. I mean, whether it's the run and shoot, whether it's pro style, you know, he's a smart kid, too. He's a high GPA kid. Um, so there, there's just so much to like about him. Uh, it, it is so nitpicky. I think the more you see him in person, now to get that fifth star, he's a guy who's going to have to go out and put out big numbers as a senior. You're going to say he has the arm talent and arm strength to be a first-round quarterback. Now, the good thing with him is he's going to Penn State. He's going to be at a place where he's going against top-level talent. He's going to be put in a position when or if and when he becomes the starter to put up big numbers, 
He's going to have talent around him. He's going to go up against top defensive backs. He's going to go up against top defensive coordinators. Those are all big things when it comes to, you know, at the next level where they end up when it comes draft time. But when you're looking at them at the high school level, that's a lot to project. So really it comes down to how efficient are they at the high school level? Then when it comes to compete in these big time events, whether it be the elite 11 finals, which he will do, he'll have plenty of eyes on him. And then hopefully he gets invited to an all American game, whether it be the under armor or the all American game in uh, San Antonio. And then you really get to do a deep dive on them because you got guys who are gamers. You've got guys who are just uh, very technically sound. And then you got guys who show up to these big events. And uh, I think of Aaron Childs last year. He's Oregon State's quarterback commit. Shows up and he was known for his athleticism, not necessarily his arm talent. <clears throat> he shows up and in drill work, a lot of guys, and I love dual threat quarterbacks who can show up and look as good as the rest of them when they're just doing quarterback drill work. That says a lot about who they are as far as accuracy, arm mechanics, arm talent, ability to fit balls in tight windows, see the field, whatever it may be. And then you go out and you see them perform uh, when they get to in the game and get to use that dual threat skill set. And you're like, wow, this guy's a special player. So Aaron Childs is a great example of that. Then you have other guys. And sometimes it's an unfair evaluation. If I'm coming from a place like the Dakotas and I haven't really gone up against elite talent and then all of a sudden overnight, I'm supposed to go basically the jump from college to NFL, you know, from the high school uh you know, average to lower high school level to basically the future NFL players of the high school level, um, that can be a big jump. So sometimes you're unfairly judged by your performance on just a couple of days while you're trying to make that adjustment. So uh, if, you, if you can't tell, there's a lot that goes into it. This mm -hmm. isn't just, ah, let's throw it around and, and see where it ends up. This is going to be highly, uh, he's going to be nitpicked down to the very core, up, uh, down until the very end. I think going into our last rankings release last class, we maybe had 18 of our 32 five stars. And then our last rankings release, we end up with that 32. So this is going to, there, there'll be a deep dive. There'll be a lot of opinions in the room and I'm interested to see how it turns out. Five star is not out of the conversation. Four star is more likely, but five star is not out of the conversation. And, and that's something to be said for the way that James Franklin and of course, Mike Yersich, right? Mike Yersich being the, the offensive coordinator now in the third season for Penn State, someone who was heavily criticized in the first season, um, but is now cementing himself, right? Getting in his his niche, his comfort zone to go out and find the quarterbacks that he believed will be the best fit for Penn State and the best fit in his system. As we move into this final segment, Clint, it's getting just that, figuring out where Ethan Grunkmeyer can fit into Penn State's system because now at this point in time, and again, he's a verbal commitment. It's not, it's not done until he's signed on the dotted line, but Drew Aller is going to be there for his sophomore junior. If everything goes right, he enters the NFL draft. That's the hope. You want to see him succeed, but don't, don't be questioned if Drew ends up being a three-year starter because uh, he can at Penn State. Then there's Bo Prabula who's patiently waiting his turn and that somebody, when I speak to people in the Penn State locker room, they say that Bo can go play and start at just about anywhere he would want to. He's just biding his time, and he's projected to be that starter. Then there's Jackson Smolik, who was an Elite 11 finalist. He competed, and someone that Mike Yersich and James Franklin had, again, an, a, late, a late evaluation, but they bring in. And then there's Ethan Grunkmeyer. And Penn State fans should be aware that Penn State is targeting another class of 2024 quarterback to come in and basically have a five-man room. So where, 
from your perspective, just hearing all of that, Clint, where does Ethan, with what you like about him as a player and his profile, how does he fit into the Nittany Lions quarterback depth chart? Well, I mean, you look at what they're doing. They're trying to create as much competition in that room as possible. Nobody's ha ever had too many good quarterbacks. Yeah. I remember growing up with my dad being a football coach, and, uh, you know, he was coaching at Wisconsin at the time, and we had uh, guys from, like, you know, Brooks Bollinger and Jim Sorge that were constantly battling. And as a kid, I'm like, what if one of their feelings gets hurt and they transfer <laughs> elsewhere? Well, from a business perspective, as a college football coach, you're – paycheck in 17 18 19 20 year olds mouths you're looking to create competition and it's the best for the team you look at a guy like joe burrow he didn't really play much at ohio state goes down to lsu doesn't do very well his first year senior year new offense and all of a sudden he wins the heisman and uh, i remember my dad was on the staff at lsu that year and spring game he goes this guy's gonna win the heisman i was like what and uh Sure enough, you know, when you're around these guys every day, there's something special that you look for in a quarterback. And sometimes you don't find it until you're around them every day. And the way that college football has <clears throat> turned into almost a jockeying position for transfers, if they're not going to be successful at your school, they might be elsewhere. So where Ethan fits in, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Your job as an offensive coordinator, your job as a head coach, as a quarterback coach, is to out-recruit the best guy in your room every single year. Now, that might sound harsh, but a position like quarterback, that is what you have to do. Ethan's going to give it, be given every, uh, every ounce of, you know, a, or every bit of ability to compete for that starting job. And uh, it's not going to be given to him. And that's just the way that quarterback rooms go. Like you said, the backup right now. Uh, people are saying he can go and start anywhere. Well, there's not often in today's age of football where you get three NFL quarterbacks on the same roster. So usually you, you lose one, and which is which is crazy because as a backup quarterback, you're literally one play away from being the starter. Uh, there can be one play in a game that was maybe even out of hand where the top guy goes down. They can be a Heisman Trophy contender. I mean, we saw what happened at Alabama a couple of years ago. And you never know what happens, especially when a guy gets in the game. These guys are waiting for their opportunity. Some guys are gamers. Some guys fold under the pressure. Uh, I think where Ethan ends up, uh, you know, really depends on how he reacts to adversity, how he reacts and learns from those around him, and how much he wants to be great and be great at Penn State. So uh, sometimes with quarterbacks, they can have all the talent in the world. It doesn't work out where they are. It doesn't mean they're a great, not a great quarterback. Uh, but in today's age in football, everybody's looking for that transfer guy who can come in, who's a proven talent and has been in college for a couple of years. So it's harder uh, probably now than ever for, for a quarterback to, although they're put on a pedestal, to retain and maintain that starting role throughout their years, uh, whether it be leaving for the NFL, whether it be a new hotshot coming in to take their spot, or whether it be coaches doing a great job of evaluating quarterback talent and stacking that room so no matter what happens, they're in a good place. Whether there's injuries, transfers, whatever it may be, they're already looking to get a, a 25 quarterback. You talk about yeah. taking one more in 24. Uh, Coach Yurtzik, he comes in on the chopper to see another Ohio quarterback, Ryan Montgomery, last yeah. week, and who's another big-time player. Brother's committed to Ohio State as yeah. an offensive lineman. I talked to his brother at the Under Armour camp a couple Luke. of weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, Luke Montgomery. And so uh, there's just so many. That's what makes the quarterback recruiting as an analyst very hard to cover. Um, you've got to trust your evaluation. You have to trust the people at the school that are evaluating. 
Uh, there's certain coaches that you know if they pick a guy, there's a good chance that they're going to end up being pretty darn good. So uh, it's just so many variables with quarterback. I can I can look at a receiver and say this guy's going to be successful even if everything doesn't work out. With quarterbacks, you can't always do that. Where now, Drew Drew Aller has a very similar upbringing. He ended up getting that that fifth star, being one of the top quarterbacks, according to some, the top quarterback in the class of 2022, and then at least a consensus top three. Uh, from your perspective, again, being out in Ohio, the Midwest, uh, Drew Aller and Ethan Grunkmeyer have a similar upbringing when it comes to development as a quarterback. I mean, particularly because they have the same personal quarterback coach in Brad Mandler. Does that benefit Ethan in any sort of sense? Because it's working for Drew. I know Drew's a different player. He's a different person. He thinks differently. He's built differently. But since he has this similar path, the similar timeline uh, for Penn State, and it's working for him, does that bode well for for Ethan? Because, yes, there is going to be a quarterback competition when Drew succeeds hopefully and moves on and then it's going to be Bo Jackson and Ethan in, in a three-way quarterback battle in a couple of years hypothetically yeah I mean it can um you know there's 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 just so much that can happen especially with young quarterbacks a lot of it comes you know what's between the ears and that doesn't mean that the smartest quarterback is always the best quarterback but it's how they react to adversity it's yeah. how they take the training that they've had and apply it to the field some guys know everything about the game right here, but when it's time to get on the field, they can't execute. So um, having the same quarterback, a coach who's, who's, who's trained guys who have been successful, they're given the, the bits and pieces to be a successful quarterback. They're given the knowledge. It's all about execution at the end. So yes, does that give him a head up, heads up? Yeah, because Ethan knows what to expect. He knows what type of training that Drew maybe went through heading in. He knows what has worked for Drew, what hasn't worked for Drew. Um, and he can, you know, he can bounce those things off somebody who's worked with both of them. I believe Ryan works, uh, Montgomery works with him as well. So you get a third guy in there. So, yeah. um, you know, your coach, your trainer doesn't always make you the player who you are. But mm -hmm. in some instances, they make you thrive to a level that you wouldn't have without that tutelage. So uh, a lot remains to be seen. You like that they followed a similar path. You like that they have a guy who believes in them and trains with them. Um, they only have so many hours to train with so many quarterbacks. And there's a few that they're going to take as kind of their understudies. And, and Ethan has become one of those guys. So I think that says a lot for who he can be as a player and his, and his arm talent, uh, his upside ability. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to how do you react to adversity? How do you gel with the team? And then when given your opportunity, that's the hard thing with quarterback. You might not be ready when your opportunity comes. Do you take advantage of it? And sometimes those things are out of your control as well. Maybe the left tackle's hurt, and that's the whole reason that the quarterback got hurt in the first place. You step in, and you're running for your life. But then there's other guys who I remember when I was a freshman at Wisconsin, uh, our first three quarterbacks were down. We're like, who goes in now? We're playing Ohio State on a Saturday night primetime game. We're like, oh, my God, Shaver. Shaver's going in. And he's one of my best friends. And we're like, oh, God, what's going to happen? Shaver unleashes a, a bomb to Lee Evans in the fourth quarter to win the game. And Ohio State was a highly ranked team. And we're like, where did this come from? And then Shaver goes on to ball out every time he gets in the game. So some guys are just gamers. You don't know what's going to happen. you got to take advantage of the opportunity when given. And sometimes that's out of your control.
Yeah, and it seems like quarterback, it's a very much a case of a process of elimination uh, because you you can only have one and you might as well get a bunch of them in a room and then figure out which one's the best one from there. So Penn State's setting it itself up very nicely and, and great to get that perspective. Clint, before I let you go, just because you're so entrenched when it comes to Midwest recruiting, Nick Marsh, uh, someone that I really want uh, covering the Nittany Lions for a wide receiver prospect for Penn State, uh, was the former Michigan State commit. I'm hearing that Michigan State, you know, writers, reporters, insiders are still very confident they can get him back. What do you know about Nick Marsh's situation and any other prospects in the Midwest that Penn State fans should be aware of and how close they are to maybe committing to the Nittany Lions in the not too distant future? Yeah, I, w- I would put Nick Marsh definitely on that. Uh... Penn State is in a good position with him. Uh, Michigan State, yes, they're in a good position too. <laughs> I've talked to, uh, you know, I've talked to Nick's mom a lot. I saw Nick recently at a camp. Um, I think he's definitely one of all the guys in the Midwest to keep a close eye on. Uh, I mean, you got uh, Satterwhite. You've got a couple other guys. There's a couple corners from Michigan uh, who talk about, you know, wanting to be the next Kalen King. Kalen hasn't even been drafted yet, you know, yeah. so um, – yeah. There, you know, there, there's something to be said about the the work that Penn State is doing in the Midwest. Uh, we know the three kids from Wisconsin that they've landed. They have, uh, they've definitely dialed in. They've, they've chosen their battles and they've chosen them wisely. It appears, and they've got a good crop coming in from the Midwest. But I would say Nick Marsh is definitely one to keep an eye on. His recruitment is far from over. Going to take a few official visits. Uh, he'll be announcing what is it? July? I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, I'm likely going to uh, be doing that uh, announcement with him. So looking forward to that. Uh, but I think uh, Penn State is, is is definitely entrenched in that race for him. That's a good update. I know there's some competition for it, but hopefully he can be that iconic, especially with Marcus Haggins at the helm, something uh, the iconic recruit and ultimately player that develops into a star. Because Penn State, I think, just – Chris Godwin, of course, going in the the second, third round area, went in the third back not too long ago. But Penn State hasn't had that true number one first round contender uh, at wide receiver for quite some time. So it'd be nice for uh, Penn State to do just that. And KJ Hamler, of course, in the second round. But uh, Nick Marsh. Michigan guy. Yeah. Yeah, right. I went down to IMG, but from the area originally. So Penn State, I I think, would it would be nice to get that kind of caliber player, especially with Juwan Johnson not living up to the expectations and Justin Shorter uh, doing the same thing and ending up going somewhere else to fulfill his potential. But that's why we want to keep an eye on Nick Marsh and Clint. That's why we bring you on to get this perspective for Penn State when it comes to recruiting. Thank you so much for the time again. And where can people, again, keep up with your work and what you do personally? Rivals.com. Uh, that's where you can find all of my content. Uh, you know, I'm pretty active on social media. Travel day yesterday, a little tired today. Didn't do much on social media, but I'll be back and live and ready on that this week. Uh, I've got a lot of content coming out from our New Jersey campus week. We'll have a, a quarterback spotlight tomorrow that I'll be publishing. Uh, we've got a bunch of stuff all week from that. So, uh, yeah, just uh, Rivals.com and Rivals underscore Clint on both Twitter and Instagram. And I appreciate you for having me on, man. Always a pleasure.